This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Don't know what the vibe was in your house yesterday, but I was dancing with NFL fever, not because of the Bears and Saints game, although it was incredibly entertaining. It's just the league came back yesterday. The league looked like it is supposed to look, and here now, nine weeks into the season, you've got some teams that are starting to really establish an identity. Maybe the Ravens today are the best team in the NFL. Maybe. Although the Chiefs answered the call early yesterday as well by taking care of the Miami running game and uh, a hard-fought victory in Frankfurt, Germany. Glad you're with me today on the Danny Mac podcast. Thank you so much for spreading the word about the podcast. Those of you who have, the subscribers are up on YouTube, and we want to keep them going. So wherever you get the podcast, whether you're an Amazon person or Spotify, it makes no difference. Please spread the word. Help me share the gospel that the Macker is not dead yet. He's a mad dog fighting with his back against the wall, but he's not dead yet. Before I get to the Bears, I do want to cover of the cover a few of the big points yesterday. The big dogs were barking yesterday, and it's the Chiefs, it's the Ravens, It's the Eagles, and last night the Cincinnati Bengals drew that much closer to being trustworthy because Joe Burrow looks healthy. It's fun when you have teams playing at that level. You can't do it every week. You're not expecting them to be flawless or run tables, but there has been some offensive punch absent in the NFL these last few weeks. And that certainly wasn't the case yesterday. Although you could argue the chiefs are winning on defense. They closed the door on Raheem Mostert and the dolphins convincingly yesterday. And that's the reason they continue to roll on. And I was happy. My bet rivers account had some digits popped into it yesterday. You better believe it. Starting with the chiefs laying a point. Uh, point and a half, I'm sorry. And then uh, the rare parlay, <laughs> the Baltimore-Philadelphia parlay, which was very good. And Jalen Hurts took a beating in that game, but uh, they managed to muscle it out. And the Cowboys went Cowboys at the end of the game. Dak Prescott taking that stupid-ass delay of game penalty. Man, this cat's in his seventh season. You should be mindful of the play clock. And it's not like he hasn't had this experience before it's what undid Dallas two years ago when they were starting to get these visions of grandeur that they were going back to an NFC championship game for the first time in a long time. But, uh, Dak not so hot yesterday and CJ Stroud, the rookie quarterback for the Houston Texans was absolutely outstanding throwing for, A rookie record, 470 yards, five touchdowns. 
the Texans are a 500 football team. And of course, that starts people complaining about why the Bears took the wrong quarterback out of Ohio State. They should have waited and taken C.J. Stroud or taken him this past year when they had the opportunity to do so. I want to remind you, you can get extra value this football season with Bet Rivers Squares. Win up to $10,000 in bonus money. Bet $10 in same game parlays with the squares icon to earn a square. Saints 24, Bears 17. Matt Eberflus lamenting after the game. His team was not very good defensively on third down, and he was right about that. I think defensively for the Bears, you say it was, it was I can't give them worse than a C on the day because they stopped the New Orleans running game. Derek Carr didn't exactly tear them apart, but they didn't sack him and they didn't get takeaways. That has been the undoing of this Bears team all season. The absence of takeaways kill you. Look what the Colts did yesterday. Remember when Matt Eberflus was their D.C. and they were number one in the league in turnover differential? Yesterday, Kenny Moore of the Colts takes two interceptions to the house for touchdowns, and they cruise to a victory over the lowly Carolina Panthers, who the Bears have coming up this Thursday night. That's right. You don't get the full week of refractory period. You got to get ready to bear down again Thursday night. (laughs) Your boys are favored, by the way, Bears fans. Bears are three-and-a-half-point favorites over the Panthers this coming Thursday night at Soldier Field. When you don't get to the quarterback, it's it's tough. And and the newcomer Montez Sweat, he played a lot. He didn't play every down. He played a lot of third downs. He played in two minutes. And he almost got there once. He had a hurry. He's making an argument. He's arguing. But Derek Carr stays horizontal most of the day, and the Bears don't get to him again sackless football in New Orleans, if you will uh, allow me the pun. It was intentional and no takeaways. The Bears gave it away five times. Tyson Bajant is a ballsy little SOB, isn't he? He was fun to watch in that first half. And I won't agree with Eberflus not deferring to get the ball in the second half. I can't think of good reasons to do that. Even when you're playing the most potent offenses in the world, I still don't mind having, you know, if you're playing the Chiefs and they're on and Patrick Mahomes goes right down the field on you, or as I'm saying, the Ravens now are maybe the best team in the NFL. If the Ravens do the same thing with their complement of running backs and Lamar Jackson finding Mark Andrews and you're hurting, you're down one touchdown and you get the ball to start the second half. I am a defer guy until Dan Hampton's cows come home. I think it's silly not to assure yourself that you will have the first possession of the second half. It's just stupid. But Bajent and the Bears made Eberflus look right. They go right down the field and score. Man, that was magical, those two touchdown passes. Bajent threw to Cole Komet. Cole Komet, on occasion, looks amazing. Doesn't he? And then he goes away for a couple of weeks. I wonder why that is. I wonder if we can get an explanation from the Cole Komet. Uh, I'm sorry, the uh, the Brian Piccolo Award winner almost every year. The Jeff Dickerson friendly to the media 
good guy award, Cole Komet. But that thing of beauty, when he was fully extended over to Ron Matthew for the, I think it was a 17-yard touchdown catch. And what I've enjoyed in Tyson Bagent recently is watching how, how perfectly he places the football on the hands while a receiver is in stride. He threw into some tight windows late yesterday. Those three interceptions, do couple of them forced. You know, you're playing from behind. You're trying to rally. You will try to squeeze the ball through a keyhole. And in the NFL, that's that's a bad idea, especially when Paulson Adebo is lined up on the other side. I'm going to get to Adebo in just a second uh, because this needs to be said for all of the Bears fans who are adamant. Jalen Johnson deserves a long-term, the fourth-year corner out of Utah. Bajent really has a nice knack for feathering the ball. He throws it hard, but he feathers it beautifully right onto the fingertips of his receivers. Uh, and he does it on those short routes, the checkdowns. When you find your running back in, you know, running a little wheel route, he hits them perfectly in stride. He really is an accurate passer with a short passing game. And he had Moxie yesterday, didn't he? That first half was maybe the most exciting half of football the Bears have played in a long, long time. You can go to the Washington game if you want to because that was was a game they won, and fields look very good. They put 40 points on the board in that game. But uh, I thought the the first half was, was a good fight. I thought both teams were slugging it out pretty hard. And I thought, now is when I'm more on board with the discussion about Bajent being worthy of keeping at the position. I'm not ready to go there. And it wasn't because of the three picks and the fumble he lost as well. You have too much riding on fields to not know any longer. If he's ready to go Thursday, you play his ass. It's silly not to. If he's ready. Eberflu said after the game, and he reiterated some things he's been mumbling the last few weeks, last few days anyway, Fields is now throwing the football lightly. Uh, The Bears head coach gives you no idea as to which way he's going to go on this thing. He says, we'll see, we'll see, we'll look at it tomorrow, we'll see. He's noncommittal. I'm fine with that. Just play him. You got to play him. And if he's struggling, then you throw Bajant out there. And you you know you see which what he's got when communicated non-verbally he's got a chance to earn a place in the coach's hearts and earn the number 1 spot on the depth chart. Fields and the Bears go 3 and out their first 3 series Thursday night sit his ass. <laughs> Throw the kid from Shepherd out there. The man with the tattooed left sleeve. I um <laughs> I, I think he's earned that much, but I want to see what a guy I drafted in the first round four years ago can do the rest of the season as long as he is standing up. I don't I don't find it to be sensible to not know unless unless you are absolutely certain he's not your quarterback next year. You want to move on. I don't know how you could have arrived at that yet. He really, this year, (laughs) they didn't know what they wanted to be when they started the season. So, you know, I I hate to keep lighting bulbs on the excuse tree 
We made that originally for Jay Cutler because he was from Santa Claus, Indiana. And I used to say, yep, lighting bulbs on the Cutler Christmas excuse tree. He didn't have the benefit of having a healthy offensive line in August. Fields himself missed some offseason workouts, wasn't always available. I give him the rest of this year. Now that the Bears seemingly have more of an identity, and I wasn't the only one thinking Sunday when they were losing to New Orleans 24-17. to Why is the second-string quarterback looking more comfortable with the short passing game than the starter, the first-round pick? Why is the third-string running back, Deontay Foreman, running with more authority? than either Khalil Herbert or Roshan Johnson, you know, rookie season, earlier in the season. Why is that the case? Is the Bears' assistant to Luke Getze also better than the guy above him on the coaching depth chart? It, it has to be frustrating for those of you who are Bears fans. Um, and then to, to watch a third-year corner, I have to be truthful. I had no idea who Paulson Adebo was going into yesterday's game. He had two interceptions of Tyson Bagent. He also recovered a fumble and had five solo tackles. Third-year guy out of Stanford. He's played in 36 career games. And Adebo has seven career picks. Jalen Johnson has three. And Bears fans keep saying, you got to pay him. You got to make it. You got to. I don't care if it's $20 million a year. You got to pay him. He, he ain't worth that. He ain't worth that. Is he worth 13, 14? He's a good player. He's a good player. That's where it ends for me. He's not a great player. In this league, you have to take the ball away to be considered a great player. You got to get turnovers. You got to force fumbles, get interceptions, and get sacks. Johnson has done none of that. Oh, but they always throw the other way. Yeah, always. The ball never has been thrown to him, just as it was never thrown at Deion Sanders or at Charles Woodson, or Rod Woodson before him. They never threw it, though, but somehow they managed to, to, to gather 50 or more picks in their NFL careers. Always a hysterical discussion for me. The Montez Sweat contract, $98 million over four years, is really quite a leap of faith in a guy who didn't have to be the number one dog when he was with the Washington Commanders. I think he's a good football player. I think it could wind up being a good deal for the Bears. But that's a lot of money. That's basically, let's call it $25 million a year. Do you know, 23 years ago, the Bears went after a pass rusher in free agency, and they made him the highest paid player in team history. At that time, the total deal for Philip Daniels was $24 million. Do you even remember the name Philip Daniels? They got him from Seattle. He was a free agent. They signed him because their pass rush was non-existent. And it was before they had drafted Alex Brown or acquired Adewale Ogunlia, the Indiana Hoosier. And, um, Got the Hoosiers on the mind lately. So they paid Philip Daniels $24 million. He never got the double digits in a season. He paid, he finished his Bears career with 24 sacks, a million dollars per sack. Well, if Montez Sweat has 98 sacks in his Bears career, you'd say it was worth it. That's a lot of sacks. That's a lot of money for a guy who has not had to be the alpha. 
We'll see if he earns that. I want to conclude this discussion with a conversation or a thought or two, because you're not possessing the ability right now to get back at me, so there won't be any conversing. Although you're always welcome to email or comment on my YouTube uh, feed. Taysom Hill might be the most the most exciting player on a team you never think about in the NFL. Hill changes games by touching the ball six or eight times a week. And he touches as, as a quarterback. He had one rush yesterday. It was a touchdown. Um, he, he's fun. Actually, he, he had more than the one rush. I'm sorry. He had one pass, and that went for a touchdown. That was the pass he threw to Jawan Johnson. That was a critical one. He had four catches for 13 yards. He runs the ball. He throws the ball. He'll run your ass over. He is a large, angry mammal, and he is not a young dude. Got me thinking about where the Buffalo Bills were last week. Why didn't they make a move for Taysom Hill? He would take so much pressure off Josh Allen in that Buffalo offense, and they scored 18 last night against the Bengals on the road in a loss. He would make Allen their second toughest running back because the Bills still don't have a damn running back. They still have no semblance of a running game or a guy who says, get me the hoochie 15 times a game. Used to be 25. We've lowered the bar in this NFL. If you're a bell cow running back, 15 carries about what you're going to get. If you put Taysom Hill in that Buffalo lineup and used him the way the Saints creatively have used him during his career, playing him at the Y, playing him on occasion at the X, letting him take shotgun snaps. You don't know if he's passing or running. He is an exciting player, and he delivers on would-be tacklers. He is a fun dude to watch. I don't know why the Bills didn't try to pursue him, and I threw that out in social media yesterday, and some joker replies, you're an effing moron. Why in the world would the Saints? Well, right, because no good players ever have been traded in the NFL. It has never happened. And the Saints, by the way, I don't know if they have big plans for the year. They are leading the NFC South, yawn, but uh, I don't expect them to uh, to be so delusional. They think they could just sit on draft capital if, uh, you know, if they had an opportunity to move him or rather gain some draft capital, if the bills were willing to move some assets to get Taysom Hill, I think the saints at least would have listened and that would have benefited the bills enormously. It's takeaways, it's sacks, it's penalties in this league. And the last thing I'll mention about the bears is they got stuffed again yesterday in the penalty department, eight penalties, 70-some yards. The Saints only had one. You know, and I'm not going to say the game was adjudicated justly. There had to be more penalties on the Saints that weren't called. But these penalties on the Bears' offensive line have got to, to be diminished radically. They have got to do a better job at avoiding the false starts. Tough-ass place to play. I know it gets loud there. And uh, you're you're hanging on for dear life, and you're throwing it because you have to late in the game, trying to rally to win. But the false starts and the holding penalties, 
Everybody, I think, except Tevin Jenkins, had one on the O-line yesterday. Got to stop those mistakes. And to his credit, Matt Eberflus actually said he would like them to stop those mistakes too before he took his team to Dairy Queen for Dilly Bars because they competed. They did compete. But this ain't a league of moral victories. This is a league of you better win. And are they better off going forward because they didn't? Yeah. But they're in a game. And you got to learn how to close those games. You got to learn how to finish. Taking the ball away might be a good idea. Thank you very much for consuming this edition of the Danny Mac podcast. Please tell a friend about it. Thank you for subscribing. Those of you who do so, Sam Michael is my executive producer. Adam Delavitt, Baby Capone, runs the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. And my thanks also to Randy Merkin, Alex Pastor, and Troy Mocker for all of their help on a regular basis. Part two of my interview with Eric Kramer is going to be rolling in a few days. And I will have more conversations with Ella NFL alumni along the way as the 2023 season continues to unfold. Thank you for being with me. I'm Dan McNeil. See you. Thanks for listening to the Danny Mac podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.